This is Sad Boy Radio. All right, everybody, welcome back to Sad Boy Radio. This is your host, Matt, and today I got a, another DJ. His name is DJ Mayhem. Go ahead and give them a little introduction, bro. Uh, what's good, y'all? Thanks for listening. My name is uh, DJ Mayhem. My real name is Martina Redondo. I've uh, been DJing now for about 10 years. Uh, open format style DJ. Love house, hip-hop, and uh, Latin jams. Yeah, there you go. That's the basic summary. You're definitely going to get to know more about him. It's funny as hell because I was at the beach the other day. I ran into an older uh, an older dude that knew you, and he's like, I was like, yeah, DJ Mayhem? He's like, oh, you mean Martin? I'm like, I, I didn't even know his real name, bro. Yeah, yeah. I, fun fact, I always introduce myself by Martin or Martin, never like by Mayhem. Uh, I just feel like, you know, every, like, DJ that I've always looked up to, every time I met them, they introduced themselves by their real name, so I felt like that says a lot about their character. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, it it demonstrates, like, how humble they are still, you know, because if you're, I guess, in a sense, if you're always introducing yourself by your stage name, then people are going to be like, oh, he has a big ego, right? Yeah. But it's also good because at least when you're first starting out, I guess, you've been doing it 10 years, so... When you're first starting out, you want to, you know, get your name out there. It's just like any rapper, you know. Rappers will do a show, and then right before they close, you know, they'll be like, my name's so-and-so, and hope you enjoyed the show. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, to each their own. I just feel like some DJs, they got lucky with the idea of that, like, their name, their DJ name is their real name. So, like, that's cool, you know, like, yeah. so I'll, I'll power to them. But, like... I've like just replaying it back into my head, like introducing myself as Mayhem just sounds so aggressive. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so then how'd you choose Mayhem, bro? Um, yeah, so uh, there's a lot of DJs I used to look up to or listen to. There's like this one guy named Bad Boy Bill or Ralphie Rock and Rosario. Um, there's a lot of alliteration in their names. So I was like, hmm, what goes with Martin? And I was like, Martin Mixon. And I was like, nah, Martin Mayhem. And then I was like, Martin Mixon Mayhem. And then I was just like, nah, I'll just do Mayhem. And then so I would like do DJ Mayhem, but then recently I just was like, no, I'll just do Mayhem because it sounds like more clean and like it fits more of the brand and like the image that I want for myself. Um, you know, like I like the slogan, like what's a party without Mayhem was something I thought of like, cause you know, that's what I want uh, every gig I do to, or party to be just like a dope fun party where people have a good time. Um, because that's a lot about why I DJ and why I love what I do is because I like to make other people feel good with the music that I play. Yeah, like you said, <clears throat> what's a party without mayhem, right? But you don't want people getting crazy. You don't want them uh, blowing some shit up. <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> no, but yeah, that's dope, bro. Um, today I wanted to talk about, you know, living in the moment. I think it's pretty fitting for you considering, you know, you're a DJ. You basically live that nightlife and it's kind of hard for you to find time to reminisce but also look towards the future, right? Obviously, you're going to be doing that. As a human, we all do that. Um, but a lot of the time when you're living life kind of day-to-day, planning out your events, uh, there's really just that time to live in the moment, right? So talk about that a little bit. Yeah, so I definitely feel that I always do my best to try to be present, like especially right now in this interview, I'm happy that I could turn my phone off and just be here in the moment, but it is also challenging to live life fast-paced, you know, just always on the go or always doing something. Like I just came back from Mexico and, you know, a day later I have two gigs. So, and then, you know, two more gigs tomorrow and then gigs on the weekend and then it's like when do you sleep? When do you rest? You know, you kind of just 
are living in the moment but at the same time it's a thrilling experience because nothing else makes me feel more alive and i really like you know i've worked a corporate job where like it was super monotonous and you know you just always feel like you know what's coming next or you know you're around people who sometimes aren't always like in the best moods and they can't really do anything to control their faith or like their future so in a way i like living my life in the moment because i am alive almost every day and it's like you know how many times do people do things that make them come alive oh yeah for sure man uh i don't know i feel like lately i've been going through a lot so just thinking about that right doing anything that makes you happy in the moment right because like you said there's a lot of people who just go to their nine to five you know they can't control a lot of what's going on in their life so um I like to think of it as taking advantage for the people who don't, right? right. Because you you know, you only live once for real. And that phrase has really hit home lately for me. So just being able to take advantage of every day, uh every situation and enjoying it. Uh like I was just telling you, right? Uh there's so many people going through so many different things and someone's world could be falling apart and they just got to act like everything's normal even you know even us right something can be going on but we still got to keep going and it's i don't know man it's just such a tough situation that at the end of the day i really do want to emphasize that you know you got to live in the moment that's really important in life um the other question i did have for you though was you know if you could change it would you you know the dj nightlife Yeah, so first to your first point, you uh hit 100% and we were talking about this earlier. It's just like you never know what people are going through. Even like as an artist or like as a performer, you could be having a bad day, but you still are expected to just go out there and perform. So, you know, like you said, keeping your world together even when it's falling apart is always a challenge and you should always just like, you know, that's why I try to practice gratitude and just being thankful about the positives in my life and focusing on those instead of, you know, dwelling on what I can't control or like what's negative because those things only serve to bring you down and instead of like focusing on like okay you know these are the positives you know not always being like happy but just like you know trying your best to you know focus on the good rather than the bad but to your point i don't think i would change it because djing has given me so many experiences in my life that i don't think i would have had without them um that's not to say that i wouldn't have lived a good life it's just that i've really enjoyed the experiences i've gotten you know traveling getting to know people um experiencing just life in a way that most people don't ever get to for sure man what's one of your favorite memories from djing um i would say just this past recent uh week when i dj'd uh in mexico um i got to dj a rooftop club bar for uh two nights thursday friday and then saturday i did my good friend daniel's wedding um that was such a awesome experience because not only did i dj like internationally i got to experience a whole another different culture and like realize that the music i know here is only one part of the world so like there's other parts of the world to learn their music like their bangers you know like listening to regional music there was like oh man like i never even heard this song i wonder if it would pop off here so how was that how was that man how did you like even prepare for that yeah i really just did what like i knew how to do you know so i knew that they liked like reggaeton and like edm and you know um so i just did that and you know it worked well like you know i got a lot of compliments people were dancing the whole time um and you know it was just like sharing music with another dj too that was dope um 
but really yeah just trusting yourself man and like reading the room you know you there's i've gotten to the point now where like i still prep for some sets you know to try new ideas or like new music but for the same time i also know what works and like you know just always challenging myself to keep reading a room and trying to just do the best job that i can another good point is you have a side well you you have your main job and you said djing's your side job right yeah. it kind of reminds me of the song uh from drake you know light up uh where he's <laughs> where he says uh where is it i've been up for four days getting money both ways you know the song yeah. uh, 30 ain't clean so Talk about that, bro. It's kind of like a double life for you. Yeah, so I also work as a financial advisor. I have my Series 7, 66, Life and Health. Uh, I got the licenses actually during the lockdowns and COVID, and I've been working in the field ever since. Um, I love what I do because I get to help people also in another way on a daily basis. Um, you know, being first-generation Latino, you know, nobody is there to help you with financial literacy. So help being able to be a resource for my community, especially since I speak Spanish, is very rewarding. And just knowing that, like, I can make a positive impact in people's lives in two ways, you know, through night nightlife and, you know, making people have the time of their lives and, you know, through retirement planning and wealth management, like as boring as it is, you know, things like life insurance, retirement, you know, all those things are important. And so it's like I have like my fun side, but I still have my professionalism. And I think like just the work hard, play hard mantra has always been uh, who I am and like especially at U of I. So, you know, that's kind of where I learned how to live life like that. Thanks. Yeah. So <laughs> I know we said we we're going to talk about living in the moment, but what would be your end goal for those two? You know, at the end of the day, uh, how do you hope the careers either or or both pan out? Yeah. So ideally, I could be a uh, financial advisor that gets to just, you know, build up their book and travel. Um, so like the idea would be that I get to play in a different city and, you know, stay there Friday through Sunday and then, you know, just come back to Chicago or to wherever home is uh, during the week because the reality is that once I have a, a decent book of business and that I have just clients who I work with and trust, then we, you know, I'll be available anywhere just because of, you know, the COVID pandemic taught us anything. It's just how far technology has gotten us and how everything could be done remote. Now, all those tax people, shout out to them. <laughs> Finessing people. Man, I'm not even going to get into that. <laughs> no, but yeah, man. Um, man, you've done a lot. So you start, you did go to school. You know, you said we're DJing over there 10 years. Uh, it's been about. So you literally started from the bottom. You want to talk about, you know, the beginnings of DJ Mayhem? Yeah, so I um, grew up on the southwest side in a La Villita neighborhood. I had a single mom. My dad passed away when I was two. So it was just... Uh, us two growing up but you know I think that taught me a lot about never making excuses and always just believing in myself um hoping to overcome adversity my whole life definitely uh just taught me never to take no for an answer and to always believe in myself you know you were talking about a little bit before we hopped on camera you were talking about how you started in your mom's attic you know playing shows or you know throwing little parties so you know tell the audience about that yeah, so my first uh, DJ equipment I ever bought was like two CDJs and a DJM 600 mixer. So uh, the way I did it was I went to a, I worked the whole summer to save up for it. Like my mom didn't buy it for me. So like my idea was that if I save up for it and buy it, then I'll stick to it and I'll commit to it. And sure enough, that's what happened. So I bought, I saved like $1,700, which, you know, at 16 is like a lot of money. I mean, it's still a lot of money. 
So I I saved that up. I bought the stuff. I still remember how happy I was that day. I bought the equipment. I was like, oh man, this is so awesome. And then I just started ripping CDs and started practicing. And you know, the rest is history. I remember my first gig was uh, my friend's. Um, her name is Jackie. She lived like four houses down, and like we took all my stuff and like my ghetto speakers to her little attic, and we just partied there, and that was like where I got started. No oh, man, I know you were scared that that equipment was gonna get fucked up on the way there, bro. Yeah, to be honest, you know, I mean, a bunch of high schoolers drinking like it's not good, but um, we had good times. You're you're wild for that, bro. Nah, not not us, not here. I'll bet you Vic doesn't even want to take those speakers out of this room. Yeah, definitely like that now. Like I have like some legit equipment at home that does not leave my studio. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm like that now, you know. So you know you're a DJ. Do you do anything on like else with music, produce any type of stuff like that? Um, no, not yet. But I've been thinking a lot about it lately, especially like producing. Um, maybe just get started with like what are called edits. So our edits are like you can use a program like Ableton to basically cut a song in half, make a mashup, or you know a transition, or just something creative with the music, and then go from there. Um, but I do feel that I have a good ear for music. Like I like to like I can listen to a song and be like. Um, you know, I know this is going to be a hit or, like, I know that this is going to chart or something, and, like, sure enough, it does. Like, I remember the first day I listened to uh, That's What I Like, I was like, this is going to be a banger. And it ended up winning Song of the Year that year. By, uh, which one? Uh, Bruno Mars. Yeah, that's what I thought. Um, I got confused with Cardi B and Bruno Mars, bro. I like it, and that's what I like. What What other song? What other songs did you know were going to blow up, bro? Um, uh, I Hotline Bling. I remember the first day I listened to that. Yeah, yeah, you were draking back then? I've always said. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sad boy. Hey, that's why we got him on sad boy radio. No, actually that was like it, like emo music was my jams growing up in 8th grade, so. Emo like emo rock? Yeah, like Fall Out Boy, Panic at the Disco, like um who else? Um uh Cartel, what else? Uh My Chemical Romance. And you still listen to that type of music? Always, man. What do you think I was listening to on the way here, man? <laughs> Nah, <laughs> nah. To be honest, so that's the one thing I definitely listen to other types of music besides the one the music that I play in the car. Cause otherwise, you know, I can't listen to that stuff twenty four seven. Oh yeah, every time I hop back in the whip uh, with my homies after the club, someone will be playing Spanish music, and they're like, "Bro, we just listened to this for like four straight hours. Like, put on some other shit." <laughs> but yeah, my homie's getting tired of the Latin clubs, bro. He wants to start going to like. Uh, play. He thinks that play plays more rap music. He's from Maryland, so he's like, "Bro, show me the spots that play rap music." And we're like, "If we go there, like, I don't, I don't know, bro. He's a little, he's a little too much sometimes. So I'm not trying to get into any fights." Yeah, well, I will say that you know, hip hop clubs are always dope and they're always fun. So it's just about finding the one that fits like your scene and what you want. Um, you know. So go ahead and let the audience know, you know, what type of clubs you're playing, uh, just so, you know, they can pop out, too. Yeah, so I play at number nine, which is uh, next to Prism Nightclub. Uh, I work at Tunnel, uh, Hubbard Inn, hopefully going to be start playing at Underground next month, um, playing at Electric Hotel tonight, um, Hubbard Inn on Sundays, and working to just play more spots. Yeah, make sure you go check them out, bro. So I'm the type of person who overthinks everything, bro. Uh, it kind of prevents me from living in the moment, right? Because every day I kind of wake up and I get a memory from, like, the past or I got to think about what I'm going to do next, right? 
and that's like one of the most frustrating things for me because when things start to pile up I get really like overwhelmed so then I just go to sleep or like I'll be like no I'm not doing any of this so I like to think of it as like breaking it down step by step uh, I remember when I was still in high school I was taking college classes and we had to write an eight-page paper and the professor was like you don't eat a elephant all at once you like do it bite by bite so I haven't even thought about that until just now but it it really is like the truth right because at the end of the day like everybody's always thinking about something right you gotta just like I said keep moving forward keep going about life but also fulfill your commitments um I think that's one of the things that I was taught from an early age from my cousin because I bailed on him I flaked <laughs> I was in like fifth grade bro and he's like, oh, man, never breaks his word. And after that, that just stuck with me. Uh, I even wrote a paper on it trying to get a scholarship. Fuck the people that didn't give me the scholarship. But, you know, we're <laughs> yeah, we're still here. But, man, it, it just really was like a moment that resonated with me. It's funny because they tried to make me change the story when I wrote the paper because they were like, oh, you know, saying a man never breaks his word is non-inclusive. So they're like, you should change it to a person never breaks their word. And I'm like, but that's not the story. Like, the story isn't a person never breaks his word. Because from my cousin's perspective, you know, as a man, you don't break your word when you give it to somebody. And that's the lesson he was trying to teach me, you know, that you once you commit, you commit. And that does stop you from living in the moment, in a sense. <laughs> yeah, so there's a lot to unpack there. I mean... First of all, I know that, you know, with overthinking or being present in the moment, uh, sometimes people will not actually listen and instead just wait for their turn to talk. So practicing mindfulness and like actually listening to people is one way that I combat like overthinking is just like if you listen, if you just shut your brain off or try to and actually listen to the other person, then you can like that's one way of being mindful and stopping that. But I think at the same time, I know I'm guilty of overthinking, you know, worrying, especially I think it's human, but worrying doesn't solve anything. So there's no point in doing it. It's kind of just like, you know, we're our own biggest um, enemy in that sense. Um, but sometimes I feel also think that overthinking helps us in thinking about different scenarios and ways it could play out. You know, that's why, like, I w we were talking about earlier about giving people the benefit of the doubt is, like, I try to be objective in situations and really understand both parties' perspective before, like, coming to a decision, whereas sometimes people might jump to conclusions. So I think overthinking helps with that. And, you know, and I guess to the last point is, like, you know, as someone who didn't grow up with the male role model, I had to find mentors and I had a lot of mentors in my life. So if somebody who was like a male figure to me said, you know, a man never breaks his word, it's not that men or women can't break their word and that's you know a good character trait to have it's just that for me like it sounds like for you in that moment it sounded like you know it was a, le a learning point for like what a man should be you know as a male yeah yeah no definitely and that you know everybody's gonna have a bunch of different mentors in life you know uh to your point uh the earlier point you know there's a lot of songs that talk about that you know uh listening but not hearing right a lot of people will just sit there and listen to you, but they're not actually hearing what you're saying. And that's a really frustrating part because, you know, why am I 
discussing certain things with you or why am I pouring everything that I have to say out to you when you're you're not really giving the effort to understand, right? And I think everybody can relate to that, you know? Yeah, especially too now, like, I hate seeing, like, people on their on dates on their phones. Like, I make that a point to, like, put my phone away. Like, it doesn't matter how long you've been with the person. It's, like, you should always try to give somebody the respect. Um, I know that when I went to Mexico, I had my phone off most of the time. And it was nice just because, like, I got to be present with the people I was with. So, you know, being disconnected for a bit is nice. I'm guilty of that, bro. I'm always on my phone. And it's not because, like, I don't enjoy talking to the people that I'm around. It's more so, like, I get a fear of missing out all the time, bro. So I'm always scared that I'm going to miss something. Like, somebody's going to hit me up. Nobody's hitting me up like that. Somebody's going to hit me up and be like, yo, where you at? Let's go do this. And I'm just going to be like, damn, it's an hour later. My bad. (laughs) I'll, I'll get back to you next time. That fear of missing out, it really, really is, a, I guess, a point I should work on. So what do you think is, like, the best way to stay focused on something? Um, I think, you know, first of all, it's really just, like I said, again, practicing mindfulness and, like, being present in the moment, however difficult it can be to be. Uh, you know, understanding that today is, you know, the time that we have, so... You know, learning to also just be comfortable alone is, I think, a important thing. And I don't mean that, like, in a negative way. I mean it in a way of, like, you know, like, you'll always see those pictures of Keanu Reeves, like, going, taking himself out to dinner. But it's, like, you know, how well do you really know yourself and, like, how comfortable are you in your own skin and in your own head? Mm-hmm. Um, that's what, like, mental health is all about is just being comfortable with yourself and happy and, you know, positive and talking to yourself in a healthy way so that you know if like you don't ever have this anxiety of missing out on anything because you're just comfortable being by yourself for sure yeah no that's actually a point that we've made earlier on in a different episode where i asked uh another homie he i asked him uh who are you when you're alone and do you feel comfortable with that person right because a lot of the time I do think about it, I'm like, okay, who am I when I'm alone? You know, I'm I'm not a bad person. Uh, I could be better, but I'm not, like, a terrible person, right? And that's something I do practice, uh, what you were saying, being mindful of what you say about yourself, right? So when I'm in a situation where I'm like, damn, this shit sucks, I don't be like, you know, damn, I hate myself, or damn, this shit sucks. I'm just like all right, it could be worse, right? Because there's always a moment in your life where it could be worse. Like, it, I don't know, man. I'm like, what's the worst thing that could happen to you, right? Um, probably getting sick or some shit. Um, I don't know. I guess in a moment like that, you'd have to really think about it. Like, damn, it could be worse too, right? Yeah, I think you should always allow yourself to feel. So, you know, you don't always have to put a positive spin on anything. Like, you know, I know when... Uh, I broke up with my girlfriend, like, it sucked. Or, like, when I had family passed away, it sucked. And you're allowed to feel sad in those moments, and I think it's healthy to process them. However, it's, like, in moments where, like, you make a mistake and saying, like, oh, I'm an idiot, you know? Like, yeah, you might just say it, like, it's a joke, but, like, if you keep saying those things, sometimes you might end up believing it, you know? Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, Also, like, you know, one fun fact about me was, like, I was uh, really overweight when I was younger. I used to weigh, like, 280 
pounds when I was 13 and I was like 5'4", so like I was a big guy. And, you know, in losing all the weight, I definitely just had to start talking to myself in a more positive way since, you know, I felt I had to get comfortable in my new body and just like the new like attention, you know, and like being treated differently and all those things. Like it also like just changed my perspective on life, like, you know, being like bigger and like being bullied and versus like, you know, being like athletic and like playing sports was like just two different ways people treated you. And like, it's almost like once you've seen people, how people can be, you you almost like one, like you can't ever go back, I feel. But two, it's like it, it helps you like try to be a better person because you understand how bad people can make you feel. Um, I just thought about um, <laughs> the Beauty and the Beast, right? How in uh, the movie, the, what is it? The Beast, he's a mean guy to the lady at first because, you know, he just thought she was some poor lady that was asking for money. And then he finds out, you know, she's this enchantress that's going to help him or save him or, you know, give him a curse. And it's like, you really are, you like we talked about, you only understand someone's situation when you kind of want something from them or when you know that they can do something to you, right? Because, you know, at the end of the day, like you said, people will treat you differently from how you look, who you are, and only what they see judging a book by its cover. Yeah. All right, bro. So we're definitely, uh, you know, it's been a really good conversation. I know you got some places to be. You got your gig tonight. So to close out the show, we always talk about the sentimental item. Uh, so go ahead and let the audience know what yours is. Yeah, so I got um, this chain, you know, pretty basic, but um, so this anchor used to belong to my dad, and like I mentioned, he passed away when I was two from a stroke, and the chain uh, was a gift for my mom to him, so I remember when I was about, like, in high school, my mom gave this to me and was like, oh, this belonged to your dad, and so this is the actual only item I have that uh, belonged to him that I now own. Um, and I, while I don't wear like the anchor, I always wear the chain, uh, especially before a gig, uh, just because it reminds me of like my dad and reminds me of like, I have a family who loves and supports me, even if both of them aren't here. Um, and yeah, you know, just also thankful that like I had a family who loves me and, you know, just reminds me to stay grounded that like, no matter how, uh, bright the limelight gets is to just like stay true to who you are and stay true to where you come from because the world will always try to you know give you distractions or try to make you someone that you're not and like it's like we said who can you be when nobody's watching is really who you are mm -hmm. yeah man that's such an important point i think about that a lot you know when i'm out here you know just out and about i sometimes think i'm like man i have a family that you know loves me at the end of the day and you know, I hope that I make them proud, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I guess it's one of those feelings that just hits you. And if you know, you know, right? Yeah. yeah. But thanks, bro. I really appreciate you hopping on. Uh, it was a really good talk. Uh, we could definitely do this again. But, yeah, that's it. That's it for today. Yeah, I want to say thank you for having me. And thank you to anybody who listens, you know, like with my DJ mixes or with anything. I always appreciate people supporting me, as I'm sure you do, because uh, ultimately it feels nice that, people see the results of what you do and you know at the same time you get to share things like this and this content with people so thank you to anybody who listens for sure thank you guys that's it for sad boy radio go ahead like comment and subscribe and i'll catch you guys later Peace.
This is Sadboy Radio.